I've actually given this message uh, several years ago, and uh, it's been a while, but I think it's time and it's due, um, because uh, John and I, through the years and coming into the kingdom, getting saved and coming into the kingdom, we've learned a lot about the kingdom and how the kingdom works. You know, when we pray for people and they get healed, the kingdom of heaven has come upon you, right? When I prophesy to you, I'm taking the things that are in heaven and I'm a conduit and I'm bringing those things to the earth. Um, Any kind of miracle, any kind of uh, salvation, it's when the kingdom of heaven comes um, into the earth and the Lord uses us to do those things. And what I love about the kingdom is that there's so much freedom in the kingdom. There's so much righteousness in the kingdom. There's so much joy. There's so much peace. And there's so much love. But don't you know that there's another kingdom that we all grew up in? I don't know about you, but I didn't get saved until I was older. (laughs) And... So I spent my whole life learning certain things about how patterns and systems in the earth worked. And so I was, I was developed and I was raised and sent to school and went to uh, University of Texas. And we learned how to do the things in the system of the world. And tonight I want to talk to you about supernatural kingdom finances. Because what I've noticed about the body of Christ, and this is an area John and I have really gotten a real measure of victory in, but what I've noticed about the body of Christ is that they, they understand, they're beginning to understand the things of the kingdom as far as the miraculous, but they don't really understand how to function in the kingdom when it comes to finances and it comes to money. And so the I've noticed that the church is like, struggling and almost the poorest people in the earth because we don't understand how to function in the kingdom when it comes to our money. And so I want to talk to you about that tonight. And um, last week, as you may remember, we introduced to you and we told you and shared with you about the the capital campaign that we've got going on right now. And our objective is that everybody gets to participate in what God is doing in this new building. Like I told you last week, we had a benefactor that gave us a large sum of money. Um, But the prices of things like, uh, um, what do you call those things? The posts... No, the, no the, you, help me out. The studs. Thank you. And I'm not talking about men or stallions. Yeah, I know, I, right? And it's Richard. No. But, you know, the things that go in the walls. Anyway, everything has gone up in price. You've got, you know, hurricanes that are happening. You have, so all of the supplies that you would need to build stuff has just skyrocketed. And also, as Pastor Terry said, people, vendors or, or subcontractors are charging an insane amount of money. So anyway, we just need an additional um, uh, 200000 to finish the job. And you may think to yourself, that's a lot of money. Well, it's actually not a lot of money when you've got a lot of people. So if everybody gives a little, then we get there. So this is what we're going to do. So we're going to break it up. It's like, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So we're going to break it up 
into small doses. And so the first, over the first 30 days, we're going to raise $100,000. Now that sounds like, again, it sounds like a lot of money, but if a hundred people give a thousand dollars, it's not a lot of money. So if everybody gives a little, then you make your, you make your nut. Okay. Then the second thing we're going to do is we're going to ask you, um, to give a pledge. And that pledge is over the next 12 months, you're going to pledge to give um, over and above your tithe a certain amount for 12 months that would equal whatever it is that you feel like the Lord is telling you to give over and above your tithe. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. Woo! Okay. Now, the reason that this is so exciting is because of what I'm about to tell you about kingdom money, okay? So, here's the thing about Jesus. What he did is he came, when he first came upon the scene, he came upon the scene and he said, I have good news, all right? First of all, I'm Jesus, but I have good news. Here's what the good news is. I have the good news for the poor, The very first thing that he said, he said, I have come to preach the good news to who? The poor. Why is it good news to the poor? Because the poor, when they learn about the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, the poor belongs to the kingdom of heaven, right? So so he's saying, this is going to be really good news for them because once they understand how to function in the kingdom, they are not going to be poor anymore. Amen. That's good news. So let's go back. I want to I wanna tell you about where it all started. We all know this. Okay, so God got busy and he said, listen, I'm gonna, I am going to create a garden. I'm going to create a beautiful garden. This is going to be my kingdom. And in my kingdom, I'm going to provide the resources that you need. And my words, I'm going to set in within the garden and within the universe certain principles that you can live by, okay? So days one, two, three, four, five, six, he created, right? On the sixth day, he created man. And on the seventh day, he rested. Now on that seventh day, man entered into the rest of the Lord. And so what he did is he began to um, do what? He began to name the animals, right? Hey, we're going to name the animals. We're going to, this is what you're going to do. You're going to use your words to um, establish, multiply, develop, and um, add to the kingdom. So he began to multiply the kingdom through his words. So what he was doing, hanging out with God, partnering with God, living with God. And, And let me ask you this question. Was he laboring? No. He wasn't because he had entered into the rest of the Lord. And so everything that he needed was provided for him. God gave him provision. Now, I want to talk to you about that word because we all think about provision. What do we need? We need provision. Why? In order to live. We have to eat. We have to have shelter. We have to have all of these things. Adam freely had provision from the Lord. That means, if you break that word up, it's provision. Every single one of you have been created by God with a vision for your life, right? And pro means for. That means that 
he is for, that you have, you have uh, a pro, meaning it is for a vision for your life. So he gave that to you. It was something that was freely given to Adam. Adam was fully functioning in what he was created to do by God, and every need that he had was met. In fact, I will guarantee you it's probably like 72 degrees all of the time because he was naked. And we all love 72 degrees, right? <laughs> then when sin came, the resulting curse came. And here what, here's what the resulting curse was. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In, to- in toil you shall eat of it all of the days of your life. Both thorns and thickle- thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat of the herb of the field, and in the sweat of your face you shall eat the bread. In other words, from this point forward, you are going to labor to eat. And so through that curse, what happened now is man had to begin to labor for his own provision. And so in a way, he had to begin to become his own God because he had to depend on himself in order to eat. So every day he would wake up and say, I have to work today in order to eat. How many of you wake up every day and you think, I have to work today to eat? Raise your hand. All right. But the good news, Jesus came and he said this, I have come and I am set you free from the law of sin and death. I have set you free and I'm bringing a new way for you to function so that you are no longer under the curse, but you are now in a kingdom of heaven that now is going to again provide for you and provide for your and give you provision. Okay? So you've got these two kingdoms that are warring against one another. And these two kingdoms cannot function together. You're going to have to choose one or you're going to have to choose the other. But if you try to do both, it says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. All right, so we have these two different systems. You can tell which system that you're in because you know the fruit of this system. The kingdom of heaven produces freedom, peace, abundance, love, righteousness, and joy. The system of the earth produces bondage, stress, hatred, accusation, fear, jealousy, and depression. Do you know how, how often Adam thought about provision? Zero. Zero times. He never thought about it. It never even occurred to him. You know, if you think about money all the time, you are still functioning and operating under the curse. Y'all still love me? All right. Each one of us have been born, and each one of us, like I said, have a vision. We've been given a vision for life. All of you have a plan and a purpose by God, and he put that, put that in your heart. And it's the thing that begins to burn. It's the thing that begins to make you dream. And you begin to dream with God with this thing that you have in your heart. Like you're 
bent in a certain way where you love to do this. It's the one thing that if, if somebody came to you and they said, all right, if money was no object, what would you do? If you, didn't, if you never had to worry about money or how to provide for yourself, what would you do? And that's typically the thing that you were created for. It's the thing that you would do even though nobody's paying you. But here's the problem. If you have an idea or a dream, here's what we do now. We filter it through the earth curse system and we say things like this. That's a great idea. I got this download from the Lord. I got this dream from the Lord. This is what I'm feeling, but I can't really afford to do that. So what we do is we check how much money we have in order to see if we can fulfill the dream. But faith is not, I'm going to evaluate my resources in order to see if I need to do the things that God is telling me to do. But faith is stepping out despite what we see and what, our, what the reality of our circumstances is saying to us. So what happens to the idea that you have? You toss it aside. Because we think, um, because provision fuels vision, right? So, Adam didn't think about money. But every day you wake up, what we're saying to ourselves is where can I find the money to fulfill the vision? Isn't that right? Where can I find the money that's going to provide for me to do the things that God has called me to do? I love what Reinhard Bonnke said. He said there's no revival in America because Americans keep checking their savings account to see if they can afford it first. But God did not call us to function in that way. You see, Adam lost his vision because he lost his provision. And because he lost his provision, he lost his purpose. But money is not a vision and it is not a purpose. Money, let me tell you what, money is nothing other than something that you use and you control. If money controls you, then there will be no vision. But we have been called to steward and control money and to, and to speak to money and tell money what to do for us. So man's answer to the dilemma of the, of the curse was to begin to hoard wealth. Because he wanted to get out from under the constant weight of survival mode. He was feeling the weight of, I'm always having to survive. If I could just hoard up enough money, then maybe I could get off of this hamster wheel. Maybe if I hoarded up enough money, if I just stuck it all away, then maybe I could be free from the curse. And I could enter into rest. Am I speaking to anyone? If I can just find enough money to stop. I'm tired of running on the treadmill and the only way out is with money. And here's the truth. We have to master money. 
but not according to a system that is dead. That Jesus came and he said, listen, I have killed the curse of, of the earth uh, 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 systems and I have introduced a new system called the kingdom of heaven. Do you really think that he didn't know what was happening? In fact, he showed us over and over supernaturally. I'm going to show you about what the kingdom finances are for your life. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But it's like, it's like the iOS system has been upgraded, but, but we're still operating in the old system, you know? And so we're not getting any of the new stuff that's available to us. We're not really being able to advance because we're still operating in an antiquated system. And he's not going to bless a system that was under the curse, that's what we have to understand. And so we're striving. We constantly think about money. We, we're like counting, okay, how much have I got, you know? I can't pay the bills. I can't get ahead. This is not the way we are created to live. So Matthew 6, I want you to turn there. All right, so you've got these two kingdoms. And the Lord Jesus himself begins to speak to, to this in Matthew 6. Uh, turn to Matthew six nineteen, And I always read this. I always read Matthew 6, 19. Do not lay up treasures for yourself. Uh, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Where your treasure is, there is your, your heart will be also. I always thought that meant when I die, I've paid it forward, you know? Like, I'm going to have a really big mansion. <laughs> and, you know, I was just, you know, I'm being generous, so therefore, I'm going to have all of that. But what it actually means is that you're transferring your money from the kingdom of this earth and the kingdoms of this earth, kingdoms of this earth, and you're transferring it into the kingdom of heaven, where it can begin to be used by you supernaturally. Okay? Then go down to verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. You can't serve both of these kingdoms like I was talking to you about. You can't serve and try to function in the process of money that the earth has and then come over here and start worshiping the, 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 the process of the kingdom. It doesn't work that way. You are gonna, you are gonna either love the kingdom and the way that the kingdom works, and you're going to worship that, or you're going to worship the other. And if you're worshiping and trying to have finances in the kingdom of this earth, what, what is going to happen? You get on the hamster wheel, and you keep being on the hamster wheel, and you'll get ahead, but then what happens? Everything begins to get stolen from you. And you're like, my stuff is breaking, I can't find this, this, I got robbed, I can't, my car's breaking down all the time, I'm never getting ahead. And besides that, I know people that function in the system of the world, and they have millions of dollars. But they are so in a prison, their money has taken them captive. And all they think about, they can't even enjoy their own money. Or they have tons of money, and they have no peace in their life. Right? Right? So we want it all. Okay. Verse 25. 
Now, so then he goes in and he starts talking about, do not worry. Therefore, I say to you, this is in verse 25, don't worry. In other words, don't be in fear about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap or gather in, nor gather into barns. In other words, hoard. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Which of you, by being fearful or worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry or be fearful about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which, is, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, again, there it is, do not worry and do not be afraid. What shall, what you, or, and do not say, what shall we eat or what shall we drink and what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows what you, that you need all of these things. So he's saying, listen, the, the, the people of the earth and the, the Gentiles or the heathens, they actually seek in this process. They go through the patterns of the earth seeking these things, which is, okay, I'm going to work. I'm going to get the money. I'm going to spend the money. I'm going to work some more. I'm going to save, I'm going to pitch and hole, I'm going to squirrel away, I'm going to work some more, and then I'm going to work some more, right? And so we think in terms of if, I, if it's going to be, it's up to me, right? And so we're in that earth system, but he said, listen, this is, don't be like these Gentiles because they're seeking those same things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So in other words, think Seek after the other system and learn from me how the other system works so you guys don't end up having a heart attack at 50 years old because you're so stressed out over money. We are trying to have God bless a cursed system that doesn't work. You know, you go out and you work, 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 and you're like, God, come on, help me out here, help me out here. And he's like, yeah, I can't bless a system that is under the curse. You're going to have to actually, I already died. I died on the cross. It was a pretty big deal. And I need you to come over into the system that I've now given you access to so that you can prosper. And that's where you're going to find your provision that doesn't add sorrow to it. So, I don't know about you, but I love this entering into his rest. Because he said in Galatians 4, um, 1 through 7, he said, listen, you are my son and you have an inheritance in my kingdom. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm like, okay, let's go ahead and start making those withdrawals. And John and I, through the years, we have learned how to begin to make withdrawals from the kingdom. And it works. And I'm telling you, it's like, this is the key to life. You know how you find the fountain of youth? I don't, know, I don't know that that's actually a thing, but 
you know, it's the same kind of thing. You want to yell from the top of your lungs, guys, we have found a key that Jesus died for, for the kingdom so that we can be fully prosperous and we don't have to worry. We don't have to worry. Isn't that good news? So if we don't have the knowledge to access this kingdom financial inheritance, um, there are laws that govern govern this kingdom. And these laws are actually going, which I'm going to share with you this week and next. But these are going to help you to access this good news. Philippians 4.2 says this, be anxious for nothing, but in all things seek the kingdom. Don't be fearful at all. And I think if you had to say what is the key scripture for this message, it would be Proverbs 10.22, the blessing or the covenant of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow or hard labor with it. The blessing of the Lord, it says it's different versions, makes one wealthy. And he adds no sorrow or hard labor to it. This is the Old Testament. He knew that in the kingdom, there's a way that we don't have to labor, but we enter into the rest of the Lord. We enter into that seventh day rest where we can begin to prosper according to his ways. So turn in your Bibles to um, Mark 6.35, and we're going to talk about multiplying food. Because this principle, it is a principle of the kingdom, um, chapter, Mark chapter 6, verse 35. It's a principle of the kingdom that actually um, is transferable. Let's start at 34. And Jesus, when he came out, he saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. Verse 35. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place and already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread for they have nothing to eat. And Jesus then says this um, in verse 37. You feed them. And they're like, with what? They asked, we'd have to, this was their response. What are we going to feed them with? And then they said, like we do, okay? Jesus is saying, here's what I want you to do. And so what we do is we begin to take inventory of what we have in our accounts. And they said this, we'd have to work or labor for months to earn enough money to buy food for all of these people. 
So they began to count down and do the math, and they are like, okay, we're going to have to labor in order to do what you are telling us to do. I'm going to have to go get another job in order to do what you're telling me to do. I'm going to have to go get two jobs in order to pay for the things that Jesus is calling me to do. I love the disciples. They're just like me. (laughs) And then he said this. He said this. He said, what do you have? What do you have in your hand? You see, the word says that Jesus gives us the ability to create wealth, right? So he's already given us the ability to begin to create and and to um, have a seed. Because it says he gives seed to the sower. Who are you? You're the sower. So he gives you the seed to sow. But what we do a lot of times is we get the seed and we eat the seed. And then we're like, we don't have a seed. Right? Well, I thought that seed was for rent. Or I thought that seed was for, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I got to save that seed because you said, because I've got this vision, and so therefore I need, to, I need to work or hoard so that I can fulfill the vision. And a lot of you, especially men who are providers, I have news for you. I want to just set you free right now. You are not the provider. There is a God in heaven that said, and this book says he is our provider. We now are no longer under the curse. Because, he, because Jesus said, listen, it's really good news that I go away. Because now I'm going to send the helper. And the helper has many names. Helper, teacher, counselor, provider. I'm going to provide for you, right? See, we do the same things as the disciples did. Because I need a car, I need a house, I need a... And you fill in the blank. What do you need? Because there's something that you need. But he's like, listen, you don't need to tell me what you need because I know what you need. But I'm going to show you a way that you can take what you need and you can get it. And it's not... You're not going to have to labor for it. No, it's not fairy dust. (laughs) So basically, here's the deal. Um... Jesus, the thing that Jesus is asking you to do is impossible. That's why I love this. I love, I was reading this. Guys, I was getting blown away by it. Uh, Romans, yes, I posted it in Facebook. I posted like this whole thing, like I'm getting this total download about faith. And I'm just like, I'm in glorylandia right now about faith. And he said this um, in Romans 4, 5, that, Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced, say fully convinced, that what he had promised, he also was able to perform. All right, so I'm going to fast forward this because we have some testimonies. All right, so if we can understand the keys to kingdom wealth, you will change your impossible thinking to possible thinking. Because if God said, Here's what God is going to say to you. Hey, Daniel, I want you to take these five loaves and I want you to go feed those 5,000 people. 
and, and you're going to be like, yes, this is going to be amazing. And so what you do is you take the seed, and I'll tell you there's five steps to doing this. And I'm going to tell you the first step. He's going to give you the seed for the sower. And you take that seed and you transfer it into the kingdom so that now the Lord can take it and multiply it. Okay? So you tell that, you tell that seed what to do. You don't just, I'm going to give. You're, you give with purpose. You give telling that seed what it's going to do and where it's going to go. Okay, a great example of this. John and I, years ago, <clears throat> we were uh, out of money. How many of you have been there? Oh, I'm out of money. I love being out of money, in a way. Because it provides, when you're out of everything, all, the only place you can go is really up, right? And so you're like, well, I don't really have anything, so that's cool. And I, all I can do is lean on the Lord because he's all I've got. I've got, no other, I've got no other hope other than Jesus. If Jesus doesn't come through, then I'm sunk, you know? And so um, I had heard this teaching by a guy named Gary um, Kesey about deer. He's a hunter, and he gave all of these testimonies about, you know, sowing a seed and telling the seed where to go, right? And in telling the seed where to go, he was seeing the absolute thing that he told the seed to do in the order he told the seed to do it. This is money, okay? And I thought, okay, that's right. What he's saying is right. That's a principle in the kingdom. That's absolutely right because Jesus did it over and over and over. So what I did is at the time I had no car or the car that I had was barely making it. I had like four different tires. Remember that one? And, um, and one window was tinted and, and one window wouldn't go down or wouldn't go up all the way. And so when it rained, it rained in the car. And then the antenna was stuck. It was like crooked. And so when I would turn the car off or turn the car on, it would make this huge loud noise and it would go, and people around me, no, no kidding you, they would stop and look at my car and I'd just smile. <laughs> so anyway, so, I, so I, I asked the Lord, I really wanted a car. I wanted a different car. And so I began to write down what I wanted. And so I had a list of everything that I wanted in a car. And I didn't need anything fancy. But there were certain things that I wanted in the car. And so I wrote them down. I want one, two, three, four, five things. Because I dreamed about this car. You know, when you don't have a good car and your car is horrible, you start dreaming about a car. Okay? So... I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to sow a seed of $400, and I'm going to write in the memo what I want for this seed. So I sowed a seed. I blessed the seed. I thanked the Lord for the seed, and I sowed the seed. Now, within four months from that time, I was given a brand new white minivan, which we called the glory van forever, that had less than 5,000 miles on it. Brand new, given, free and clear. That was a $40,000 minivan. 
Now, I have stories like this that are, there is a plethora. There are so many of them. I could not stand up here and tell you all of them. And I, over the next several weeks, I'm going to tell you more about how to do this and how to function in this. But right now, I want to call the Becks up because they have a great testimony. And here's what I want to tell you. I love them because they are so faithful and they've, they've, they've found the key to this kind of provision. So you guys come up and let's talk about this. Okay, now you can clap. Hi, everybody. This is Sandy. Nice to see you. Thank you for coming. And Richard. Um, now, Richard uh, has, he's in the men's group. He is a general contractor. He's helped us with the building. He is a man of many gifts and many talents. So I'm just so thankful for everything you guys do and, and how you help and serve Storehouse. So why don't you tell us your testimony? First of all, you just told our story. <laughs> and so we just got to kind of build on that. Uh, so last week when you were started this, I mean, I just really felt um, this nudge from God to say, go up and tell Tracy or ask Tracy, tell, ask, that we really want to come up here and share our testimony. What got this incredible thing that God's done in our life. So Sandy's going to like for lack of time, she's going to like speed read right through what some of the things got. I just want to tell you where we came from, where we started. So we got married in 1999, and we had made a decision before we got married to tithe and give above our tithe. And so we get married, and the very first day, we were already hit with challenges of blended family issues that were significant, um, health issues that started to increase and increase and increase. And then the light at the end of the tunnel that we saw actually was, in fact, a train, and it hit our finances. And so between the years of 2000 and 2011, we ended up in an incredibly expensive extended custody battle. We were in a position because of some accounting errors when Richard had the business. Um, <laughs> we were in a position of owing the IRS $80,000. We had $100,000 that we owed to a supplier because um, one of the builders that we were working for went bankrupt and we were left holding the bill. We had $190,000 in debt aside from that from things that were happening, just one thing after another. And that did not, that was not a mortgage, that was debt. Um, we had at one point five attorneys that we were paying because of all these different issues that kept coming and coming and coming. We had a $45,000 dispute with the Federal Labor Board. We had then to top our, this is the capper, a $1.5 million lawsuit against us as employers from a disgruntled um, ex-employee. And in Texas, you are, as an employer, considered guilty until proven innocent. So um, then in 2008, during this lawsuit, we ended up losing our home, our dream house that we had just actually built six months before that. Um, uh, because of the downturn in the economy, the 
I know, this is depressing, isn't it? <laughs> because of the downturn in the economy, we ended up losing the, our home, and um, we lost 50% of our business just almost overnight because we're in construction, residential construction. So we weren't able then to afford the house payment for the house that we had just built. And we tried to sell it, it didn't sell. We ended up then um, going into reorganization bankruptcy to um, protect us from foreclosure. And so um, we were in a position then where we had um, some debt to pay off. So, so this, <laughs> this is some debt. Um, during this, the thing that we held on to um, was that we were not going to stop tithing and that we were going to keep giving because we knew, we knew, we knew, we knew that that was the foundation that we were standing on. What else? Go. So um, just to recap, you know, everything that she just read right there, except for the lawsuit, we actually saw that settle in court. It went from 1.5 million to 5,000 within an hour. We literally saw Jesus up there maneuvering through this. Everything else was done over a period of time. And I can honestly, I can't really tell you how God worked it out. I can just tell you that all of it worked out. We never got a check in the mail for $100,000. We never, n none of that ever happened. But he, he was faithful and he worked out every one of the situations in our life. The, the bankruptcy thing was really cool because one of the things they said we were going to have to do was we were going to have to fill out a financial statement. And at that point, we were heavily giving not only to the church, but to a lot of organizations. We had like a dozen or two children that we were supporting uh, from third world countries. And we're like, we're not going to stop doing that. We will live in a cardboard box before we stop doing that. And we got up there and they didn't require that. And so just stuff like that just kept happening over and over again. Um, you know, I, through every one of these things, there was times when we were afraid. I mean, it hit us like a freight train. And I'm convinced that fear is okay. Fear, God gave us fear for a reason. It's how we manage that fear. Uh, what we're going to do with that fear, are we going to uh, crawl in a box and say, I'm not going to face this, this is not going to work out and just give up? No, we, we charge ahead, we keep doing the promises that we made to God because of the promises he made to us. And then on, on the tail end, we see what God did in our lives and that, so that builds our faith. And so if you're afraid of stepping out, that's okay. I'm, re I'm realizing this just happened to me literally today. You challenged us last week to pray about how much we're supposed to give. And so Sandy and I started praying. And uh, we, we used to have a pastor who used to say, if you're a couple and you're praying about giving to the church, whoever hears the largest amount is clearly the more spiritual person. <laughs> it was Robert Morris. <laughs> so I heard one amount and she heard another amount. And of course, she's more spiritual than I am because she heard a larger amount. And so I, I immediately went, we were sitting in the car today and I we talked about this. And I immediately went into this, like, um, that's almost everything we have in this savings account. Um, there's only going to be a thousand dollars left over. So that was me going into fear. So you don't even realize this yet, but the Lord said, give it. I just, I just want to talk to you about a couple of things, and, and Tracy had touched on it. Um, tithing is actually the fence 
that protects your finances. It's when you take that 10% and you take it out of the earth system and dedicate it to the Lord, you've then given the Lord jurisdiction and he's able to bless the 90. But when you're giving above and beyond, that's the seed. That's what God multiplies. And that's when the fun starts. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and I just wanted to tell you that I grew up in a lot of deprivation. I grew up with a lot of trauma. I grew up with um, the idea that daddies weren't good. They couldn't be dependent on. They don't provide. So learning to trust a daddy with my finances um, was a real struggle for me. It was a long process. Um, and I was of the mindset that I had to provide for myself because if I didn't, it wouldn't be there. And so this is what I grew up in. Um, I, there was a stronghold of fear. I had a stronghold. And over, over time, God has brought resources, people, things into my life. And I have learned two things. One, to fight with everything that you have for that yes in your heart, to say yes to God, that there is... There is nothing greater in this world that's worth fighting for than that, yes, God, I'll give you everything. Um, and the other thing is I've learned to embrace the process of adversity. That's where the treasure is. Yes. It's in the process. The destination's great, but it's a process that builds a foundation. It's a process where you dig your roots. It's a process where you find your treasure. And I know because of the process that we've been through that my God is good, and you cannot move me off of that. There is, there is no way. I am fully convinced that my God is good, and that is where my roots are. And so I would urge you, if, if you've got wounds in your soul from trauma, from sin, from generational things, whatever it is that's causing you to fear stepping out in this area, I urge you to address those soul wounds. Soul wounds are the, the lens that we view the world from. It's the, the, um, the lies that the enemy has brought into our, uh, into our soul, and it's a perspective that we have. And you've got to get past those soul wounds. You've got to do whatever it takes to heal those wounds, and Jesus can heal those wounds, let me tell you, like no one else. And when those wounds are healed, this issue of fear and giving will cease to be an issue. And you will find um, in giving above and beyond the most joy, the most fun that you have ever had in your life. I am telling you, if someone said, what are you going to do on Saturday night? I would say, I'm going to go write a check. <laughs> I'm going to go find somebody to give something to. It's just, it is so much fun. So we just, we just want you guys to be blessed the way that the Lord has blessed us. And if we can answer any questions at any point, we'd love to do that. We do have victory in this area. Yeah, completely out of debt. And we're going to be out. We'll, we'll come up here afterwards. Anybody that wants prayer over this, we will pray over you guys for victory in this area. Thank you. All right. So we do want to pray for you. If you really struggle in the area of finances, if you need a job, whatever, we want to pray for you. But I want to encourage you to come back next week because I'm going to talk to you about the additional um, four keys that you need in order to access kingdom wealth. Okay. And we're going to talk about this a lot. And here's why, because I, do, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of seeing us under the burden and the weight of poverty. And I want you to experience the same kind of freedom that John and I are now experiencing. And I'm not just talking in the area of provision, but I'm also talking in the area of debt. 
Um, and so I, I just really encourage you to, to uh, come back next week. Bring your friends that need to hear this message about having freedom. Anybody that you know that's not functioning in this level of freedom. But let me just pray. And um, if you want prayer, come on up. And whoever the altar team is today, I don't know who, I don't remember who it is, but um, come on up and we would love to pray for you. So, Father, uh, I do, I just thank you that you sent Jesus. And he died on the cross, not just that we would have the freedom to love and the freedom of, of, of knowing your presence and, and, and knowing our identity and knowing who we are as a son, God. But thank you that you're teaching us a way, God, and you didn't call us to continue to stay captive to a world system that keeps us in bondage. And so, Father, we bless you and we thank you and we just rejoice in your kingdom and the price that you paid for. I pray that you would bless every hand here and their ability to create wealth. I ask for more seeds to sow. And I thank you, Lord, that you are setting us free. I thank you, Lord, that there are millionaires in this church that are in the making. I thank you, Lord, that there are those that have dreams and visions in their heart, Father, and you're going to begin to show them how to sow into this, in, in this vision, into reality. In Jesus' name, I pray.